Hey guys, I'm Chef Robin Amadilber, corporate chef of Pal People and Our World, and I'm here with Slow Flow Vegan. Welcome to the Slow Flow Vegans Podcast. We bring you vegan experts from around the world to talk about health, the environment, animal advocacy, and spreading compassion. It's our passion to help you navigate the vegan lifestyle by listening to the experiences of vegan influencers, doctors, and experts. Thanks for listening. This is the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. And now your host, Sean Russell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Russell. And today we are joined by Chef Robin Almodover. There we go. There we go. Woo. And and reason I did it so slowly is we've, we've met on several occasions and I <laughs> always butcher her name and she tells it to me straight to my face. So yeah, just wanted to open that door and let you see behind what's going <laughs> on. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I, first of all, I just want to say that I love your energy. I love what you do. You know, you light Thank up you. the room even when we're outside. And I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate being on this podcast. Every time we meet, it seems like we always have that great energy and vibe together. So I'm very excited for today's podcast. So we're going to jump right into it. And one of the first things we always like to ask our guests, because we feel it provides so much context as well as inspiration for people who may be going through their own journey. We like to ask, how did you get started with your plant-based journey? You know, what were those seeds that were planted that brought you to where you are today? So how I started on this plant-based journey, I was originally the executive chef at the Stanley Hotel up in Estes Park, Colorado, and we had all these fires that made us evacuate town. So I hooked up with Future Foods, also known as POW, on LinkedIn, and I was very interested with this company, especially as a culinarian. As a chef, we seem to always stop learning. As a culinarian, I always want to learn about new things, and plant-based protein as we all know, is definitely taking the mainstream uh, over regular protein. So I was really intrigued to join this company and to learn as much as I can because we all know there's different parts of being a vegan and vegetarian, you know, there's different levels to this. And learning about plant-based protein was something that was just definitely mind-blowing to me because there's different ways. Like right now, you know, a lot of a uh, products are being brought out in there into retail, you know, to make the mock chicken, the mock beef and stuff like that. And when I learned about that, some vegans actually don't want that mock thing. So one thing great about that I enjoyed about this company was that we were really a clean label. Soy, salt and water, the three ingredients that makes our product. And to me, by far, I was like, that's it. Soy, salt and water and just with pressure and heat and you could form texture and form something that has the same kind of texture as meat. You know, we're not trying to change the whole world all at once. We're trying to inspire everyone one at a time. This is my American Bulldog. He does eat plant-based protein. Now he's on the diet now because especially with dog food out there, like there's so much crap that we put in it. Let's keep it clean. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that really inspired me to learn more about this plant-based culture is because it was put in the universe for a reason. You know, it was put on the earth. It was grown from the ground for a reason. So let's start using our resources. Sustainability is very important to me. 
you are what you eat is very important to me. And especially our environment is very important to me. So all those three kind of push forward to plant-based protein and plant-based eating. And then, so, so you're saying that you're, you finding about how easy it is to create these plant-based proteins, especially with POW, was your catalyst for you to go on the journey yourself? Correct. So I decided to join forces with them and to learn everything I can about the plant-based protein world. I know that as a regular chef, when I would always put, for instance, when I was on Hell's Kitchen, I wanted to do a vegan dish. You know, Gordon Ramsay looked at me like I was crazy. And it's like, well, all, all of a sudden now you have a vegan dish on there because this is where the world is going to, especially with kids. You know, I'm an 80s kid born in 1980. And there's so many young kids that have autism right now and all these other deficiencies. And it definitely has to deal with the protein. Chickens have like their chicken breast now feels much firmer than it did before. And there's all these different kind of pockets to it. The beef is tasting differently. Everything's just different. So to me, it's something that's consistent is plants. Something that you can control how you grow is plants, like organically. You control what goes on. With these other manufacturers, with meat manufacturers, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And that's kind of scary a little bit. And it's interesting that you brought up that point because usually when people are comparing the different types of protein, an animal-based protein and a plant-based protein, it always comes up the conversation of like all the things that they put into the plant-based protein and what are you doing to your system? But then you look at the what they're injecting into the to the animal proteins and all the processes and the unnatural nature of it as well. It's kind of like, what are we talking about here? So it's kind of like a catch-22 in both aspects are the realms of food. That's my other dog saying what's up. He's also plant-based protein. There are a lot of competitor labels out there that do put stuff in their products that I cannot pronounce. So I, therefore, do not choose not to purchase those products or put those products inside my system. With our product, POW, soy, salt, and water, I could say those three ingredients. And when it also comes about plant-based, life is about manipulating the vegetables, manipulating a carrot six or seven different ways, raw, pickled, roasted, smoked, sous vide, sauteed. We want to even get messy, fried, you know, and that's the same thing with plant-based protein, especially our label. I love our label because it's like I said, again, it's very clean. It's a blank canvas like Bob Ross, and it basically mimics on here's any kind of flavor or texture you want it to. Some people want that extra. The folks who are now trying into the flexitarian world, I like to call it, because sometimes when you say the word vegan or veganism, it scares people away. When I mention plant-based protein, it sometimes scares people away, and it's all about educating people, correct? Mm -hmm. And to me, I'd rather just give you some a plate of food, actually what your allergies are. Let, let the plate of food, let the food do its own talking, and then I'll explain to you what you're eating. Because a lot of people are stuck in that stigma of plant-based, vegan, <sighs> no flavor. To and they automatically go to tofu. And it's like, come on now. We're so past tofu right now. And, you know, the way that we make our plant-based protein is how the monks used to make it back in the day with the soy, salt, and water, which is pressure, manipulation, and heat. 
So let's let's get into it because I'm sure people are like, all right. So we're talking plant based protein. We're talking about pow. Um, what what is pow? You know, you, we talked about it a little bit in the podcast for people who aren't familiar with the brand. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. POW is an acronym for people in our world. We are just here trying to be the leaders of the plant-based protein world just because we are clean. Soy, salt, and water. We are the cleanest label around. We believe that, unfortunately, with cows right now, how much you know, how many gases they're producing and how much it is to upkeep it, why don't we just go with the resources that are growing from the ground? So that's what we did. We're locally produced in Ormond Beach, or we get our soybeans from Indiana. So we're made in the USA. And that's exactly how we want to be. It's, we want to keep as many hands out of it to keep it as pure as possible. We're here to bring people onto a new journey who are afraid of the different textures of plant-based protein. Like they think of tofu, which is too soft. We mimic any kind of texture that you want. We mimic chicken thighs. If you boil our product, we can mimic ceviche. Right now, we're mimicking Philly cheesesteak. So it's, to me, one serving is 16 to 19 grams of protein. So it's very healthy for you, especially with all of us watching our weight right now. I think that we are what we eat. Everything needs to be eaten in moderations. I... I'm a flexitarian. I'm a chef, so I have to eat everything. I have to char everything, but I'm like fine wine. I spit out stuff as well. You know, at that, I just don't want to put in my system. And, you know, a lot of folks are scared, like, oh, what's going on with the romaine lettuce? Why does it have equalized? Because they don't realize how it's agriculture. They don't realize how it's farmed. And organic is kind of cleaner for you because we're not putting all those chemicals inside of us. And that's where... I'm mostly concerned with the chemicals that are now put in regular protein compared to plant-based protein because there are some plant-based proteins out there with labels that that are big and some are that small. You know, same thing with regular protein, but I think I don't think I know this is definitely the wave of the future and it's not going anywhere. I think the next generation is very health conscious of what they put inside their systems. And it's as long as we educate people, I feel that this movement will forever keep on growing and growing. And it will now, the word vegan will just be another normal word out there. People are not going to get scared of it. And that's so, my whole thing. So you mentioned that you're flexitarian. So this is great because I don't have a lot of flexitarians on the podcast. So I want to pick your brain from a perspective of the reason why I'm vegan. And that's a that's reason I'm vegan for compassion. I'm vegan for understanding, coming from a place of understanding so I can learn and grow myself. So as a flexitarian, what has been your, because I met you at Seafood and Wine, so I'm sure you, yeah. met, you met a lot of vegans there. What is your impression of the vegan community, especially like the animal rights side of it as, as someone who is actively involved in the community? I do believe there's energy behind everything. Like my, he just wanted to make a cameo. Now this is Cooper, everyone. There is energy behind everything and there is energy behind these animals. 
my whole movement of flexitarian is that my belief on how we kill the animals now to oppose how they did things back in the 1800s is completely different. We're all about manufacturing, mass production, mass production, mass production. And to me, it's an inhumane way to treat animals. Animals and dogs and cats and cows and pigs are meant to roam, mm. right? They're meant to roam the, the land, not to be confined in these tight in quarters just to be piggied out to be slaughtered. To me, I think everything needs to have a quality of life with it. I feel like myself, I would never be able to be a farmer to be able to raise a cow and to have such emotional attachment to it. And then, you know, when the cow passes, eat it. Like to me, that's cannibalism and I can't do it. To me, it has, it has feelings. So it's back in the day, it was a way to survive because we were uneducated on how to use things, right? How to take soy and make it into texture or take peas and make it into texture or even garbanzo beans. I think that back in the day we were uneducated, but I think also back in the day it wasn't as, it wasn't as, you know, it's, it was more humane back then. You know, there was more a level to life. Like we're raising this pig. Yes, this pig's gonna feed the whole family, but we're gonna let the pig have its life. We're not going to sit here and be like, oh, we're going to put you in a piggy farm. And then all of a sudden you're going to be slaughtered. I don't believe in that. And I believe that that energy goes inside the meat. And when you eat that meat, you know, it goes inside of you where I say, I believe you are what you eat. Being a flexitarian, which means I do eat, I'm a cheese lover. You know, we had, there's, there is a lot of amazing now plant-based cheeses out there, but I eat a lot of pizza. So that's my love, pizza. Pizza, I'm a pizza head. I tend to not eat a lot of protein. I eat a lot of plant-based protein now. Only things that I could pronounce, I put inside my body. Mm. That's how I am right now. I'm based, 2022 for me is getting myself aligned spiritually, organically, and especially what I put into my system. And pow, to me, it's a great meat alternative and substitutes. I know a lot of vegans out there, I will eat it because it's made in a manufacturer. It's made in a plant. Yes, I get it. But sometimes you need more protein than what you're getting. And this is where, you know, we stand out from the different. If you do care what you put in your system, we are the cleanest label around. And that's what's mostly important. A lot of like Europe, they won't manufacture anything that has more than seven ingredients on it. They won't put it out. And I wish that we were like that in the U.S. because we're so about mass production and making that dollar and not caring what we're putting into, into foods nowadays. We're not, we're not caring about it. And that's where my journey starts and that's where I want to start is I want to start educating people. Whether you're a carnivore or pescatarian, listen, there's not going to be enough meat, you know, mm -hmm. real cows out there and chickens. Come on now. We're a billion people overpopulation as it is in the world. As it, so let's start using what the universe has for us and let's start going plant-based. Let's start, you know, let's, I, like I said, I like to start stay away from the word vegan because it scares everyone, but everyone loves vegetables. It's the same mm -hmm. thing. We're so beyond 1980 vegan. Like there's so much fun stuff you could do with vegetables nowadays. Mm -hmm. That's vegan. And people are like, wow. I'm like, yeah, do you realize you can make like a yogurt out of cashew? 
they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> it's, it's all about educating and just we're so stuck on what we see on television and what we see on our social media mm. that there's a whole nother world of reality out there. And that's where I want to stand in and like, listen, a lot of, at Seafood and One Feed Festival, everyone's like, Robin, I know you're not a vegan. And I'm like, I'm a flexitarian, but I'm also a chef. I have to address everyone. But when I'm in my restaurant, I believe in putting more than four vegan and vegetarian items on the menu. One out of every five people has an allergy. One of every seven people is, is a vegan. I want to feed the community. I want to share love through food, through community, whether it's a plant or plant-based protein, you know? We want to hear from you. Visit our website to ask a question, leave a comment, or tell us how much you love the show. We'll play some of your messages during the episode, as well as directly to our guests. So be sure to leave your name and city and visit SoFloVegans.com slash podcast. And I thank you for sharing that for me um, because it, I feel it's important for the community to hear different points of view, to hear where people are coming from, and more importantly, to meet people where they are. You're not going to force somebody to do something that they're not ready to do. But right. if they're advocating and they're providing solutions that benefit the community, it's worth having a conversation to find out where those where that commonality is. And one of the things that you brought up was the factory farming. And that, for me, is a topic I feel like is low-hanging fruit, I guess pun intended, for everyone to come together. Because I've heard hunters talk about factory farming, flexitarians, obviously vegans talking about factory farming. And if we can just focus on like, focus on that, let's eliminate that or figure a way to, because you can't just eliminate things without having a substitution because then it right. makes no sense for someone to want to do that. But there are people out there like sanctuaries out there, rap, rap, the ranchers advocacy program. They're working on programs where people who are doing, I don't want to say factory farming, but who are farming animals, they're finding ways to replace their in revenue stream so that way they can still make a living and, and live. So I feel yes. like these, these are the sort of solutions that we can work on and figure out that can help bring us all together. And so the other point in terms of flexitarian is like we can't we flexitarian are pre-vegans, as I'm coining it, um, yes. pre-vegans. You know, there's an opportunity there as well because 95, I think, you know, from different reports that have come out, 95% of the people who actually consume a lot of these products like POW and other, other products that are out there are actually flexitarians. They're, they're not the, the vegan community. So it's like we get to figure out how we can work, how we can communicate effectively. Right. And for me, that falls to compassion because compassion isn't unique to the vegan community. Compassion is love. It's loving yourself. It's loving other people. And how yes. can you be an advocate for compassion if you can't show compassion for someone that is across from you? So thank exactly. you. Exactly. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. And, you know, what I do want to step into now is your background. Very impressive background. Thank Congratulations you. Thank you. on all of your accomplishments. And you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier with Hell's Kitchen. And so you were like a trailblazer in terms of like, you know, wanting to have dishes, you know, featured on there. And I'm sure you planted a seed 
you know, with that. So it we could have a season that just came out with, you know, two um, plant-based chefs on there. So talk to us a little bit about your experience, you know, being on television, being a part of these different programs and kind of like how it shaped you into the person you are now. So when I was on Hell's Kitchen season 10, I had no idea how reality TV really worked. It was definitely insane. And just to me, I did it because I wanted to push myself as a culinarian. We all have our insecurities. We all have our things that haunt us. And competition is what drives me and what makes it, which pushes me as a better culinarian. It makes me think on my feet. So when I was on season 10, which is back in 2010, it wasn't that popular. You know, South Beach, California, New York, it is always popular with, you know, vegan and all the being keto and all the different kind of diets. But the rest of the world still was not like that at all. So he didn't really, Chef Gordon didn't really appreciate it back then because, you know, it's like, why are you doing vegan or vegetarian dish when I'm all about meat right now? But as, you know, 20, 2021, 2022, how we ha- we're here now, and he's definitely putting vegan desserts on his menu, uh, vegetarian options on there because he knows that he wants to accommodate everybody. And to me, like the South Beach Wine and Food Festival, there was true vegans there. And there were some people like, well, I'm not, I'm normally vegan, but I'm not vegan this weekend. Mm. So I'm like, well, I don't understand that. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm going to be white today and green <laughs> tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. So how to me, it's like you said, is what compassion and what compassion with food and making love behind everything. And, bringing everyone together with unity. And when I was on season 17, that was my main goal is uniting everyone together, bringing everyone together as one. And to me, the one thing that we all have to do is we all have to eat, right? Mm -hmm. We all have that one thing in common is food. So let's have a dinner together. Let's have a conversation about this. Let's make something and trick the mind of what you're eating. You know, I could give you a whole plate, tell you blah, 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 blah. It is. And it's all plants, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not what it used to be. And I think that's how we have to change it a little bit and where people need to be compassionate about what's going on in the world and in their systems. There's so many diseases out there that people have. And it's like, I hate to sound like this. Every time I sound old, like my parents, like I walked to school with no shoes, five miles in the rain. Like there wasn't this much, you know, autism in kids and diseases and ADHD and ADD back in the eighties, unless there was, and we just all closed our eyes and pretended, you know, but even like with growing vegetables, you have to grow it the right way. Sometimes when I see carrots that are the size of my head, I'm like, how is that possible? (laughs) How is that possible? And it's like, you know, just, you are what you eat. Eat well. Let's educate people on it. And the vegan world is nothing to be afraid of. It's vegetables. It's manipulating peanuts into a spread, into a milk, almond milk. It's so simple. Like we just have to step outside of our boundaries a little bit. And I think uh, us as chefs and ex- especially as aggravates, we need to steer people the right way, had the right conversations, not the aggressive ones that are in some 
vegan communities. I was afraid when I went to see it. I was like, oh my God, am I, I going to get blood thrown on me for something? And everyone's like, it's not that bad. And <laughs> I've never, but I've only seen things on television. And that's how much yeah. media ex- exploits things in a negative way. And with your podcast, it's like you promote positivity, you promote love, compassion. And that's the same thing like with, with food. You know, it's let's promote that. So I say flexitarian because I am a pre-vee. I call myself a pre-vee. I'm a, definitely a pre-vegan. And I'm on my way to that to that lifestyle because it's, just, it's, just, it's better for me. It's better for my mind. It's better for my soul. It's better for my energy. Mm. And thank you for cooking up the food that are going to turn a lot of people on to this lifestyle and and the way i describe it is just going down that rabbit hole and meeting different people showing up at the events like seed trying the food at the burger battles and at the tasting village and being like you know what i could actually do this because you know for a lot of people food is not just something you put in your mouth and you know hits all the flavor senses and what have you it's it's also part of identity as well. Yes. So it's difficult for people just to make that switch unless they have that intrinsic motivation to want to adopt that lifestyle. So that's right. that's how I see it. And then, you know, the reason I ground it in compassion is because there's so many people, especially, you know, shout out to the AR, the animal rights community and the work that they do yes. and the difference that they're making. But it's a lot, a lot to take in. You know, you're constantly surrounded by suffering. You know, sometimes you don't feel like there's, a, you know, an end in sight. You know, granted, there are some wins like Ringling Brothers shutting down. And, you know, sadly that, you know, right now, Lolita in our own backyard is dying a slow death. And, but, you know, the fact that they're no longer putting her in shows and things of that nature, hopefully they'll let her live out the rest of her her life in a sanctuary by the sea, but there's those, these fights that are going on and it's important to take stock in, are you loving yourself? Yes. You know, it's the oxygen mask theory. It's like, are you giving yourself the self care and the love and the food that you're putting in your body? Because vegan doesn't mean healthy. You know, right. vegan, vegan is an, as an ethical ch- lifestyle, it's a choice. It's, it's a way yes. to decide to leave your life, but then you have a whole other side of it, which kind of goes into the distinctions a little bit where you have plant-based, you have people who are plant-based, whole food, plant-based, who are only putting in whole foods, you know, that they can actually, you know, you know, buy from the store, but you know, yeah. you, if you can grow it in your own backyard, even better. So there's so many layers to this and, I feel the key to really unlocking these layers is to have open, brave conversations for people such as yourself to show up in in the sea of vegans and yeah. show that courage and be open to that experience. But at the same time, I feel like as a community and me being in the community for, for the time that I've been in the community, for us to also kind of open our hearts to listen. But be, be, make it very clear it's not to listen and to be a passive observer of what your values and morals are. It's to approach things from a place of understanding, but still be a stand for what you believe in. So um, right. keep everyone, if you're listening to this, keep doing what you're doing and, you know, and try different foods. There's a lot of awesome <laughs> foods and pow, you know, try yeah. pow. Where, where, where can people get pow if they want to chow down on some delicious so- protein? 
We'll be coming out in retail in May with six retail flavors. But the, right now, you can go on our website, www.getpal.com. Vegan Essentials has our products as well. You know, and to everyone out there, just don't be scared of trying new things. Like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Mm. Like, we're so stuck about being comfortable. Let's be uncomfortable. Let's have those uncomfortable discussions and be compassionate and understanding, you know, uh, we we were born with two ears and one mouth for a reason sometimes because mm. it's to listen to what the other people have to say to us. And knowledge is power, right? Mm. Knowledge is power. And so is food. And so is animal rights. And every rights there is. Anything that you believe in is power. It's all about how we are approaching it respectfully mm. with love, like you said, and compassion behind it. Because we are all one no matter what. Well said, well said. And I want to thank you so much. And we do have another tradition. We start with the story. We start with the the journey story at the beginning. And at the end, I like our guests to close off the episode with a message from the heart, you know, drop from the headspace to the heart space. And whatever's on your mind, there's no right, no wrong, doesn't have to be anything short as long as you want. Just you could speak directly to our listeners and to share what's on your heart. So I'm just going to share a little bit about me as a chef, as a culinarian. I deal with anxiety and depression issues, I'm sure, like everyone else does. And what I've noticed is through my culinary journey, what you put in your system definitely can, can control that. What you eat can definitely can take that anxiety level a different route and that depression level a different route. So don't ever give up hope. And don't always feel that, um, you know, medicine's always, prescription pills is always a way to go. Educate yourself on plants. Get the plant Bible. Educate yourself on healthier eating because we are what you eat. And I believe that eating the right foods can cure any kind of disease in this world. You've been listening to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. As you can see, our passion is to help people navigate the vegan lifestyle. Having on vegan experts from around the globe, Sean is the founder and, of course, the host of SoFlow Vegans, an organization created to help make South Florida a global hotspot for veganism. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at SoFlow Vegans. Find the show and more at SoFlowVegans.com slash podcast. And for questions or comments, send an email to contact at SoFlowVegans.com. Our food is grown, not born. See you next time.